0: This is the 2TM News Podcast with Jack Howard and Tim Coates, thanks to Supersteel. If it's happened in the news over the last week, you'll hear Jack and Tim discuss it right here on the 2TM News Podcast, thanks to Supersteel Tamworth, providing quality steel products, excellent customer service, along with cutting, bundling, and prompt delivery. There's steel, and then there's Supersteel.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the 2TM News Podcast, all thanks to Supersteel Tamworth. I'm Jack and as always, across the desk, looking as wonderful as ever, it's Tim Coates. Good afternoon, Tim.
0: Yeah, G'day, Jack. Uh, yeah, it must be a new haircut. And joining us on the other end of the line, uh, probably one of the busier people in Tamworth, Paul Bennett, the General Manager of Tamworth Regional Council. How are you, mate?
2: Yeah, g'day, gents. It's, uh, terrific to be with you today.
0: Yeah, look, it's great to have the opportunity, cause, and I thought we'd take the chance, because uh, in your absence, I think you might have been out of the country, but you, know, you got a new five-year contract. You've done nine years at the helm of the council. Uh, this will take you through to twenty twenty-five. You must like the place.
2: Uh, yeah, I like the place. Um, I'm hopefully uh, that's an indication that we're we're doing okay as an organisation as well. I think uh, you know I've seen general managers go overseas in the past and get sacked, so <laughs> <it's really> nice <laughs> to be given a, a new contract when you uh, when you when you come back. But certainly, I've come back refreshed. It was a, a good break. Um, it's been a a really busy period for the organisation, for the city and for the whole region. So uh, back refreshed and, you know, really keen now to, to kick on with some of these great things
1: that are in the pipeline. And before we get on to what is in the pipeline, might be a good chance to just look back over some of the, the wonderful things that yourself and, and council have done over your, your tenure there already.
2: Yeah, thanks, Jack. Uh, look, I think, um, I think you've touched on a really good point there. Nothing is actually really done by the general manager because you've got this massive organization behind you and you know, we employ over 600 staff and you know the the quality of the people that we've been able to recruit and retain in this organization is exceptional and that's probably why we're so well regarded by the state government and look to from other councils to um, you know to, to understand best practice and the way to deliver some of these things so where have we come from like when I started some time ago nine years ago 2010 we uh, were an organization that we in you know a bit of financial strife. we were making a, a loss every year and we needed to take some fairly drastic measures to um, ensure the financial sustainability of the organisation. And you know, a big change process that everybody participated in and we went through a, a complete uh, service review or, or review of the organisation that allowed us to turn a, a $2 million a year deficit into a $4 million surplus. And that was just about sort of really getting to understand what the community expectations were, what we needed to be delivering and where there were opportunities for efficiency improvements. and. And that saw a change of about or uh, well, a 10% reduction in the staffing of the organisation, which suddenly put us in a position where we could start to fund some of the projects that the, the community had been asking for for some time. And, uh, and that's sort of where it all started, and we were able to retain most of our good people. Unfortunately, we lost some good people through that process as well, but um, the organisation has certainly become a lot more resilient. And I think from the community's perspective, what they've seen is you know, things like the regional playground, the improvement to the transport networks, um, you know, the new sporting facilities, all those things have come about because we've had the capacity to to partner with state and federal governments by putting our own financial backing behind some of those things. So, you know, some, some great things have been delivered over those nine years. Um, I could, you know, rattle them off uh, forever, I suppose, but they really come about because number one, you've got a council with a really great vision. Number two, you've got the financial capacity as an organisation to support those projects. Number three, you've got the staff to deliver. So... That, that's uh, that's really where we've, the journey we've been on for the past nine years, and, and now we've got this exciting journey in front of us as well.
0: I remember, I think uh, 2010 when you joined uh, September 2010, you walked into a hornet's nest with the country music festival. Even I mean, <laughs> that that was an interesting start for you.
2: Yeah, it, that was um, that was really interesting because uh, you know there was almost a revolt. That we had a, a and we still have a very active stakeholders group, but the stakeholders had got to a point where they thought that the fundamental uh, purpose of the festival had changed, it was going in the wrong direction, and and uh, they were pretty much demanding that um, council, you know, review the blueprint that had been put in place for the Country Music Festival, um, otherwise they were essentially going to take control and and so on. And, look, it, it was just about... I think the fresh eyes, um, myself and the, the mayor, uh, Councillor Cole Murray, he became the mayor in the same month as I became the general manager. So it was a, a brand-new, fresh approach... And we wanted to really understand the concerns, and so we had some really great conversations. And, and since that time, the festival has just gone gangbusters. We've made some some really positive change to the way it's delivered, and certainly the stakeholder group is now, you know, one of the biggest advocates for so what we do and how it's delivered. And uh, And it's, it's, well, I think we've just about got the recipe right. We're always looking for improvements, of course, but I think the recipe's right. And And that's really the, the approach that we've tried to take all the way through these last nine years is uh, I've, I'm a general manager that is a little bit different than some of the others I've heard around the stadium that I, I always advocate that the, this organisation is owned by the community and uh, is governed by the councillors on their behalf because they're the elected representative it's not about drawing a line and saying you know okay you guys set the direction and I'm, ju- I'm the boss and I'll just uh, now deliver on the direction and you stay out of the way I think the councillors in the community really need to to take ownership and, and have a lot of faith in the way the organisation operates. So I don't draw those strict lines between operational and policy. I try to make the councillors as heavily involved as I can, and that gives them pride and ownership in what we do.
1: And uh, you definitely see that. uh, From my time here talking to all of our councillors on air and off air, you can see they they have a very big sense of pride in what they're doing. It's, it's interesting you touched on the Country Music Festival, uh, particularly over the last nine years, Paul, because it has been a challenging time. We've been seeing the rise of a lot of other country music festivals around the country and a lot of competition has you know come out of the woodworks over the past nine years. We've been dealing with, with challenges such as heat, so it's been a very testing time for the music festival, but it has been great to see it uh, withhold and show its resilience.
2: Yeah, look, I, I think our festival is certainly is unique in the way it's delivered, um, and that is that you know we have so many free shows and people can come and have a wonderful ten days without it costing them a whole lot of money, um, especially with the different accommodation options that are available. And you can do it at whatever level you like. So if you want to come and stay in really good quality accommodation, which we have all over the city, and you want to you know do all that sort of stuff, then that, and attend all the ticketed shows, you can do that, or you can come and camp and enjoy free music for ten days. So. It's such a broad spectrum of, of people that we appeal to based on what their own personal circumstances are and what they want to experience. So that's the first thing. I think the second thing is is that no matter what anybody else does, this is this is and probably, well, I'm sure, will always be the home of country music. And you just see the artists and the way they connect with the heritage of country music and the fact that this city has uh, has supported the industry for so long gives them a real sense of community and ownership and... And commitment to what we to what we do in Tamworth, and I, I don't think there's anything that anybody else could do that would would change that. And the final thing is the way the community embraces it. You know, the, we are renowned all over the state. When I talk to my compatriots in in other areas, the the customer service in Tamworth, whether, you, whether locals think it's really great or really bad, the people that come and visit, especially during country music, they say. The customer service levels in Tamworth are just incredible. Everybody's so friendly, helpful, um, you know, just happy. Want, want want people to enjoy themselves while they're here. And, you know, so the whole mix is just uh, almost like the perfect storm. And I think that's why we remain successful and viable and, and relevant um, as a country music festival. Because everybody tries to emulate us, but they never take the whole recipe. They haven't got all the ingredients to make it as successful as ours has been now for 47 years. So... Yeah, it's, uh, it's different, it's challenging, but gee, it's a wonderful payoff for the city when you've got that sort of economic boost. You do it every week if you could.
0: Well, you would, but the thing we can do every week is the sporting infrastructure that we've got. That's developed significantly over the past nine years and it's planned to go, go into the future. Yeah. I mean, the sports dome, you look at the new facilities open only the other week, they're out with the athletics track. That's a, a huge thing for you to keep your finger on that pulse too, isn't it?
2: It is, Tim. And I think, um, you know, people really have to understand that the sports economy for our community is is huge. And uh, certainly the, the foresight of people that were here before me with, you know, the, the ALEC and then the work that was done on the sports dome. I know the sports dome opened um, just after I got here, but of course, all that work was done before I got here. Mm-hmm. But that vision for that precinct out there with the hockey facilities and so on, mm-hmm. and we, ju- we just built on that over the, the previous nine years. When people put really good foundations in place, um and give you the opportunities to to start to realise some dreams. That's that's really where it comes from. So, the initial foresight to uh, acquire that land out there from previous councils and previous general managers was was a really wonderful thing. And um, and certainly again, that capacity building as an organisation have now allowed us to deliver you know some world class infrastructure out there that is the envy of regional communities all over Australia. And and you know we're doing stage two now. Yes, we opened the the cycle track and the criterium track and the the athletics and the the new ALEC um, show jumping arena and all that sort of stuff last week, but now we've got the additional outdoor covered areas at, at ALEC going in. So you know, two more two more covered areas outside, and then we've got the third hockey field, which means with three synthetic hockey fields, we'll be one of only three centres in New South Wales that have that standard of hockey facility. Which means we'll start to get national championships that are at a senior level. We'll be able to host teams that are coming for international competitions um, from overseas at our facility. So it puts you on the map, but the flow line is that all of our kids and aspiring athletes and even our you know our, our, our older athletes, they can practice their sport on absolutely the, the best facilities that are available anyway.
0: Yeah, and you're providing the opportunity for the academies of sport to go to the next level with sports science and, and infrastructure in that space with a potential new pool going in out there. If that yeah, went ahead, I mean, it just becomes, um, I mean, with Tamworth Country Music Festival, Country Music Capital, we'd have to come up with a tagline for Sporting Capital, wouldn't we?
2: <laughs> I don't think you'd be the capital of everything, but I think you, you want to be just, um, you know, if if you are a, a country capital or what we call a regional capital, let me say yeah. regional capital, then people consider you in a different light as a city. So when they're thinking about, you know, making a tree change or Opportunities that might reside outside of those metropolitan areas. They they know that they can come to a city where they're not going to have to um, you know sacrifice access to any of the things that they already have. In fact, they jump on a plane and be in being Sydney probably quicker than they, they can drive from a, a suburb of Sydney to to get in and watch a show or a sporting event and those sorts of things. So the quality of lifestyle that we're able to deliver here is is quite phenomenal, and I think Kenworth for you know many years, way back before me, should be very proud of the fact that everything it builds and everything it does it it doesn't do it um, by half and uh, and that builds a reputation for excellence so that you know you build something and, and people sort of say wow how good that or they're not sort of saying oh you know you should have done a bit extra we've got a magnificent regional playground but you know people sort of say is one of the best in regional australia We've won awards for that um, our sporting facilities are a second to none um, you know and and we continue to make other amenity improvements around the city and around right around the region and uh and and, yeah that bodes well for the future for our future growth
1: and it's probably we can't really touch on sport doesn't matter how proud we are of sport without mentioning our dramatic arts facility which uh, has had some very exciting news over the past couple of days paul and uh really exciting to see some progress on what will be a new home for our dramatic and performing arts moving forward
2: yeah this um this project is uh something that is super exciting for a city like ours um and you're right. Um, when you talk about sport and so on, communities are made up of a whole lot of different um, and diverse people who who have different ways of relaxing and and uh, and so on. And having a, a top level performing arts centre is something that's critical to a you know a mature, uh, vibrant city like ours. And uh, so so what's just been announced is obviously we've been working very hard over the last 12 months to develop up some very strong concepts and some business cases around a significant investment into a new performing arts centre. Uh, you know, we're talking about a 600-seat uh, theatre plus um, other small breakout rooms, so a, a, a concert room and and other facilities that would cater for the full spectrum of, you know, the Conservator- Conservatorium of Music, um, our other bands for um, broadcasting of events, um, a whole range of things. And this will probably be one of the biggest um, building uh, projects that the city has ever seen. And uh, we've just released the the business case um for that and we want the community to have a good look at that and understand uh what would be delivered for the price tag that will be put on on a facility such as this and uh of course it won't happen without the support of the state and federal governments it's it's beyond the capacity of us to to finance it directly as a as a council but we believe that uh you know with the the growth of the city and the the quality of the infrastructure that we really have here that we will get very strong support out of the other tiers of government. So a super exciting project that will be, you know, it, it, it will be like our regional opera house, if you like, um, and we're very excited to, to bring that to the community and start to get their input into into how that might eventuate.
0: Well, we might be able to project the barrier draw for the Tamworth Gold Cup up onto it as well. <laughs> a bit like the Everest, do you think?
2: Oh, yeah. Tongue <laughs> check, sorry.
0: That, but <laughs> no, but g- going forward, Paul, I mean, there's some, you know, the, the past is the past, the present's now, and uh, the exciting projects ahead, and this p- must have come into your decision-making to stay. I mean, y- you know, $480 million do- dollars into Dungowan Dam, the 50th festival, uh, virgin into the flying school. Um, they've got to be a dream come true for a man who loves a challenge and has a great team.
2: Yeah. Yeah that's that's true Tim I think um you know nothing comes without hard work and uh certainly the the people that I have here at this organization have put a huge amount of effort into uh to bringing some of those things to reality um you know negotiations with uh big multinationals like uh like Qantas and like virgin and and others are uh, are always challenging they've got some very skilled people on their end and we've always uh, just taken the approach that we've got to be focused on good outcomes for the community and we've been fortunate enough to, to do that um, the, I think our airport and we've always said this is uh, is absolutely one of the jewels in the crown for us and uh, I think with this level of activity we're going to see out there now with both CAE and uh, Virgin Australia um, we're going to see unprecedented levels of, of pilot training in the city and with that comes the economic benefits but just going, you touched on the dam the $485 million an ounce for the dam is again something that that really just takes the city to another level, as far as uh, confidence in investment and the expansion of existing businesses, and and I think that's the, that's really the exciting thing moving forward. Now is that with uh, you know the development of the new industrial estate, which again, great foresight by council to support the acquisition of that two hundred and forty-six hectares out there, that is going to be uh, you know uh, a, a mini metropolis for us as far as jobs growth and so on. Um, the investment in that now is secured knowing that we're going to have a, a much more reliable water supply. But that didn't come without investigating all of the options. You know, there's been talk about tapping into the Barnard River system and bringing that across the Chappie Dam. There's been talk of pumping water from either Keepit or Split Rock to Tamworth. There's been all, uh, offline storage to stormwater storage. And we have examined something like 28 different options. Um, but Dungowan kept on coming back to the, back to the fore because it's a new catchment people might think it's a small amount of water but the amount of water that will be in that dam uh, once it's captured is two full years of supply for the city without any water restrictions it's a a huge amount of water if it's allocated for the city so that's just that's a massive boost of confidence for anybody that either has already invested and are looking to expand uh, so all the businesses that are here or anybody that's looking to bring something else to the city and Uh, you know, there's many more things that will flow
1: on from that. Paul, you've mentioned great foresight, uh, which has been displayed by council for many, many years, to see a lot of these incredible initiatives and uh, projects coming into tuition at the moment. With a figure of 100,000 population moving forward, how crucial and important will be great foresight moving forward to accommodate that b for council into the future?
2: Yeah, Jack, look, it's a really good question. And I think that's the thing I'd really like to to point out to, to anybody who might be listening is, you have to understand that when we say that we've got this um, Blueprint 100 and we've got this target and we're planning on how to achieve that, if we do nothing as a city, if we just continue to uh, to track along as we have, which has been great, and we we consistently have growth of, you know, between one and one and a half percent, if we just track along at that rate, by 2060, we'll be 100,000 anyway. Yeah. So all of these things that we talk about, all these challenges that we face, it's really just a question of, do we make sure that they're all well planned for and we know exactly what we're gonna do now before um, those triggers get hit where we're starting running around chasing our tail, trying to work out how to deal with it? Do we do all that good planning right now and create the optimism about accelerated growth in, and uh, you know better, better quality facilities, more jobs, a better economy, better facilities? Do we do that now or do we leave it until 2050 and only have 10 years in to try to, to catch up? So if we do nothing, this city will be 100,000 by 2060 anyway. All we're saying is, you know, wouldn't it be great if we could grow enough optimism to, to double our rate of growth and deliver all those things to the community that live here right now and the benefits that come with having that sort of population? So, again, a really strong foundation built on the decisions that have been made in past years gives us a great opportunity now to put a framework in place, whether it's transport, whether it's, um, you know, water and sewage systems, stormwater management... And then all of the social infrastructure that goes on top of that, we're just saying that we should be well prepared and plan for that now, rather than leaving it to a, it becomes a, a a critical issue to be addressed.
0: Well, and it goes back to that old saying, doesn't it? I mean, you you plan to fail, fail to plan, all that kind of stuff. So,
2: well, if things aren't going to plan, Tim, it's normally because there's no plan.
0: Exactly right, and and I think you and I have had that conversation before a couple of times. The yeah. The, the, I mean, the building infrastructure is in place with lots of new, new subdivisions, we're okay with that. Water was obviously the missing ingredient. The council's got a, a great community strategic plan, which it re- reviews obviously very regularly. The, the, I guess the, the, the issue going forward is what else can we add into the mix? I mean, we've got Great Hospital, which is actually a tourist attraction. A lot of people stay overnight in Tamworth because they're going to, to visit people or staying in hospital, yeah? Yeah. Um, what What else do we need to add? What is missing, in your opinion?
2: Well, of course, the the, the big one at the moment, which is um, which is still progressing and in a very positive way with the new vice chancellor, is the the opportunity to establish our university campus. Um, and I guess what I would like to reassure people is that we're not talking about a subset to Armada. We're talking about the University of New England. Um, Expanding its existing offerings into new fields, which will be unique to Tamworth and will create a campus that will... People will be saying, well, if you want to study that, you go to Tamworth. Like people say, well, if you want to study law, you go to Australian National University, or if you want to study, you know, um, teaching, you go to this university. We want people to be saying, if you want to study things like food technology, um, uh, genetics, um, anything to do with, uh, you know, the the food processing sector of which we are a major, major player nationally in, then you do that in Tamworth. If you want to study stuff to do with equestrian you go to Tamworth. If you want to study about um, music business, so not necessarily the, the music, the, yeah. the artistic part of music but the management uh, that goes behind music, yeah. you go to Tamworth. Um, sports science, you go to Tamworth because of these wonderful facilities we have. So what we're really pushing with the University of New England is that this will be a unique campus with unique offerings that make it special amongst university offerings and look i think the new vice chancellor absolutely gets that i'll be having a, a teleconference with her later on this afternoon um and then she'll be coming to visit us in tamworth uh monday week uh we'll be sharing her, giving her a tour of the city and then she'll be meeting with our councillors to discuss exactly how we're going to put this business case forward in front of state and federal government to ensure we get the campus that we deserve as a, as a major regional center so that's That's one of the the big rocks in the pond for us moving forward, and that will have a a broad uh, impact across businesses, um, investment into research uh, facilities, and and so on and so forth.
0: Now, the only missing part of that, if I remember correctly, was the the federal funding or the the, the small gap of money. Um, Any progression in that space?
2: Uh, Look, there there is. I think the, the federal government are very supportive. I think what... What we're really trying to understand is what what is the scope of the project from an educational perspective. The original uh, grant application that went forward um, obviously included the campus, but it also included accommodation and other things. So I think what the governments are really trying to get their head around, the state and federal government, is what are the bits that they need to invest in as government, and what are the bits that the private sector can participate in, and that could be the provision of accommodation and other services and facilities. So. The so new that, Vice Paul, Chancellor, just to just
0: interrupt, would, would, it, it could therefore be a, a private-public partnership as well as the partnership with the UNE.
2: I think that's exactly right, and I think that's the direction we're probably he- heading in, is that the university is very keen to do what they do well, and that is to educate people. And I think the new vice-chancellor has shown a lot of, uh, a lot of understanding and insight into saying, well, we're going to focus on that. Let's see how we partner with the, the private sector be able to deliver the things that we don't have to do, so we can bring a, a project in that's within the scope of the funding that's available, and um, that will deliver all the outcomes that we want, but will also provide um, other business and growth opportunities for the city um, and and other investors coming into the, into the fold. Uh, the, the university, you really want to have that accommodation in the CBD area because it, it will just be such an activator for our nighttime economy and for all of our businesses in around our fantastic CBD.
0: Look, I think it will, and I, 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 I get excited every time I hear it. I mean, I think I. There's been many people involved, in many conversations, and I may have been involved in a few, but it, it, this is the closest it's been to to getting getting over the line. And um, congratulations to everybody involved. I hope it really does get there.
2: Yeah, the support of the business community had to, you know there's a there's a, a group that's been formed which is representing the interests of the business community, and they have been absolutely fantastic advocates for it as well. We're yeah. We're obviously playing the, the political game and trying to get the, the governments over the line from a from a holistic uh, sort of investment and growth perspective. But the business community are really saying, you know, this is a game changer for us as a city and for business confidence. So they've, uh, they've been to Canberra themselves and advocated to the relevant ministers. And, you know, that all helps as it shows that the whole community is moving in the same direction and, both, and, and everybody's wanting the, the same outcome
1: well paul it's safe to say that your next five years uh the contract is going to be a very exciting time so many projects for this city and it will be very interesting to hopefully catch up uh, along the way but incredibly enough to think that at the end of this next uh, contract of yours uh, to see where where the city is and it sounds like it's in very safe hands with a fantastic council behind it but we cannot let you go without finding out a little bit more about paul bennett himself so it's our favorite thing to do on this podcast it's a bit of a fast five we'll shoot a couple of questions at you give our listeners a better idea of one of the men at the helm of all this wonderful stuff moving forward tim i might let you kick us off today
0: oh gosh there's so many questions favorite uh, favorite artist or musical band
1: uh, well, my favourite
2: artist is Adele. I just think she's uh, incredible. lover sound and uh, you've seen her a couple of times in concerts, so uh, definitely Adele.
1: Yeah, there you go. It's a very interesting start here. Paul, we are seeing Fiesta La Peel this weekend. It's going to be uh, a fantastic day for the city, but a lot of different food options up for grabs. Uh, if you could have one meal, what is your favourite meal to have?
2: Um, certainly anything Italian. I
1: think um, Italian is
2: just the perfect match to, to red wine, so uh, I love a glass <laughs> of red wine with a meal, so uh, Italian every day for me.
0: I'd never noticed that about you, to be to be honest. <laughs> <coughs> Favourite sport?
2: Uh, look, that's a hard one. I've, I've sort of played all sorts of sports throughout my life, um, but I've got to say I'm a bit of a rugby union tragic. Um, I was a, a rugby league man for many, many years, And um, but rugby union, I'll, I'll do anything to watch a good game of rugby.
0: All right. And when you're having that meal that Jack asked you about, um, we'll take you to Frattinis at Leichhardt or anywhere you like to have your Italian meal. It doesn't really matter. But, mate, um, four people round the table, you and three others dead or alive, who are they and why?
2: Oh, wow. Well, Nelson Mandela would be the first one on the list, I think. Uh, you know, just how he dealt with adversity and uh, and just to hear his life story, but also his philosophy about the way people should live. I would, I would really love to do that. Um, this will be a weird one. I would love to actually just meet Donald Trump when he's not being such an idiot, like when he's uh, you know, just a normal person. And you meet lots of politicians and they can be absolutely fantastic people when you're having a just a conversation with them as a person. Um, it might be a short dinner if he if he played up too much, but um, I just think he'd be an absolute character to have around the table and uh, to, to sort of understand what makes him tick. Um, third one,
1: oh, can I invite Adele so she can provide the uh, post-dinner entertainment?
0: I thought you were going to say your wife, so there you go.
1: (laughs) I think Trump will provide a lot of that post dinner entertainment, to be honest with you, Paul. (laughs) Yeah. Um,
2: Yeah, look, there's so many great people out there, isn't there? And, uh, you know, we've got some wonderful Australians as well, you know. But I've had the. the chance to meet a lot of those people, so I'd like to meet somebody a bit different.
0: Mate, fantastic. Thank you for taking the time. It's been a great nine years so far uh, for you and the team involved. As you said, it's it's not about the power of one, it's about the power of many, and uh, you're just one, one cog in the wheel and a very humble man in that regard. So thanks for all you've done so far, and good luck for the next five and six.
1: Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Jack. Been a pleasure. Thank you very much. That was the General Manager of the Tamworth Regional Council, Paul Bennett, on the line there. Uh, nine years down, five to go. A very exciting five years to come, I'm sure, Tim.
0: Well, technically six, Jack, but I get where you're coming yep. from because uh, yeah, he's got one year on this contract to go. But it, it's good to see the vision and foresight of, of the council, um, and that's the elected members. Uh, communications improved to the, uh, to the rate payers, I guess. The outcomes seem to be there. And as a community, we seem satisfied with what we've got, so it's a good thing.
1: Yeah, look, and uh, one thing we are doing as a whole, as a community at the moment, is going through an incredibly tough time with the drought, and hopefully that will definitely break in these next five years. And I think as a community, when we do come out the other side, we'll all be much better for it and we'll learn a lot about ourselves, about our council and about all the big players in it so it's it's going to be a very big years uh big five years for how we recover as a community when that does break but also some of the wonderful infrastructure on the way
0: yeah look and i think uh, anybody that listens to this podcast will get an insight as to what's happened and what's going to happen uh and uh, there may be some people who can make a decision to stick their hand up for election of councillors next september
1: there you go and if you want we'll uh, have you on and have a chat and uh, find out a little bit more about you in the build up to that one well that just about wraps us up for another week thank you so much for uh, another week Tim it's always a pleasure
0: Uh, I'm glad you got out of your sick bed Jack
1: (laughs) well you're you're sounding a little bit croakier than me so I'm glad you put that on Uh, for the listeners to make me sound that little bit better and speaking of the listeners thank you so much for tuning in we'll catch you next time on the 2TM News Podcast and of course that one is all thanks to Supersteel Tamworth
0: this is the 2tm news podcast with jack howard and tim Coates. thanks to super steel if it's happened in the news over the last week you'll hear jack and tim discuss it right here on the 2tm news podcast thanks to super steel tamworth providing quality steel products excellent customer service along with cutting bundling and prompt delivery there's steel and then there's super steel